Welcome to another episode of How to Watch a Movie as a Christian. I'm Javen. I'm Riley. And I'm Ben. How to Watch Peter Pan and Wendy. And Wendy. Yep, as a Christian. This was a movie that came out around late April, directed yeah. by David Lowry. 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 He's the Who same director. Horror film director. Was he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Ghost stories, stuff like that. I did see that, but I didn't associate that with ghost stories, even though one of them literally is like a ghost story that's in the title. Yeah. Ghost stories is the title of a horror film that he made. That's yeah. what kind of made him famous. Yep. He also directed Green Knight, a movie that Riley, Ben, and myself, right, Ben? Do you like Green Knight? Have you even seen it? Yeah, it's great. I it's love it. Great, and we should totally talk about that. We movie. really should. We should do an episode it, about that. It's so interesting that it's the same director. Yeah, yeah I did not know that, nor would I have been able to discern that. So the only really way you can tell is the colors. Drab. Peter Pan and Wendy is like so, the color Drab. grade is so muted. Anyways, uh, yeah. he also directed Pete's Dragon, so he's familiar with kids' movies in general. And uh, he directed Peter Pan and Wendy, a fascinating movie that just dropped. It went directly to Disney Plus, yeah. which I have so many questions about. You know, Disney is going through a lot right now in the public eye. It's very politically charged, even talking about Disney. I know, watching it in bed last night, I'm watching it, and my wife is next to me, and she turns over and she goes, what are you watching? I said, Peter Pan and Wendy. She goes... Disney sucks. <laughs> and then she went yeah. to sleep. Wait, what? <laughs> Why? Why did you say that? She said she has said that ever since Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies. Okay, she's like Disney's going down the tubes. This is what she keeps saying. Yeah. I'm like, huh? She's like, got, she's got it out for That's Disney. Does that where it started? Like its decline and people hating on Disney, or was it a I, little bit before? They were I doing live it, action remakes. The live that? action remakes. Plus the Star Wars sequels, plus a, just a lot of the political conversation yeah. has just cast them in this light that people go, oh, you know. And they're suffering a lot right yeah, now. A billion dollars a quarter loss. Yeah, they're just losing money. And uh, they replaced the CEO a couple of months ago with the old CEO, Bob Iger, uh, who's like a famous CEO. He's very well-known guy. People love him, but he's just trying to get it back. One of the more famous Stable. Bobs in the world. <laughs> more famous Bobs. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So Second to made, Bob the Tomato. This was made all in the midst of all the drama? Is that what we're like pointing at? That's There's some something shaking with Disney, and, and maybe that's why this movie, we feel the way we feel about it. I looked it up on Google. It said 1.9 stars, so I just... Yeah. It, I mean, it's not well-received, Peter Pan and Wendy, and we have thoughts on that. But from what I read, like scripts for it and David Lowry was working on scripts for it several several years ago and Bob Iger stepped in you know maybe six months ago so but so this was well underway I well mean, underway I think probably, production started in 2021 somewhere gotcha. around there yeah but, so who knows whether Disney will continue to do these mm-hmm. you know I I feel like when we've already done Pinocchio which was like I, I think I said the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> this was not that. Mm. But it it was in that same train of thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I think that the the fatigue around the live action remakes is hard to disconnect from the mu- movie itself. It's hard to watch it 
as someone who grew up in the li- in the cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. And we can talk mm-hmm. about Peter yeah, Pan. Hannah said she wouldn't watch it. Yeah, it's you. You're afraid mm-hmm. of losing something. Peter Pan was her favorite, and so she's like, "I can't watch it. I, I know. I don't want. It. I'm scared." It's I, and I get that. Yeah. I get that. And Peter Pan is more than just that cartoon from 1953, right? It's yeah. It's got a whole legacy to it. It's a whole legacy. It's, yeah. Uh, the play was originally written in around 1904. Uh, had several different names. The author kept adding to it, or you know adjusting it and then eventually released a novel called Peter and Wendy in around 1911. And the original author, his name's J.M. Barry. Fascinating dude that um, he was like born in a family of believers. His parents wanted him to go into the ministry. And he's like, actually, I want to be a writer. And he had this whole thing with his family of like, how can I write, but also liter- like minister to people. And one of the works that he he made a bunch of stuff, but he also made Peter Pan, which is his most famous. Right, and work. there's a lot of myth around the story, right? About uh, like Finding Neverland dramatizes mm-hmm. him hanging out with this widow lady and her kids, and mm-hmm. getting to know them, and writing a story for them, which ends up being Peter Pan. And it's a lot about childhood, the spirit of innocence, and the spirit of childhood, yeah. and yet the necessity of growing up and how to grow up. And this film leans hard into growing up wrong, growing yes. up wrong, which We're is like a lot of stuff. It's like you're taking a review of Peter Pan and taking the themes and putting them into your script. The original Peter Pan was not so on the nose mm-hmm. with its themes. Oh, Captain Hook grew up wrong. <laughs> it's like, duh, you know, it's a, it's a metaphor. It's a, it's yeah, it's a pirate. Right. Yeah. And so this one like takes a lot of those insights that are in the script of the originals, but just puts it on the page in a way that's yeah obvious. I, I learned a lot about the original Peter Pan from just hearing you guys talk about it. It seems like there's a lot of history behind it. There's little things like Hook, Hook's voice always being the same voice as the father. Mm-hmm. Um, Which little- they did not <laughs> do in this film. You know, I, I don't know a lot about the Peter Pan story other than what you guys have told me. And mm-hmm. it almost seems like they made this movie with about as much knowledge as I have of it. <laughs> and um, I'm just curious about why they... Um, you know, you guys have a lot to say because you you know the history of it, you know the meaning behind it, and it seems like they kind of did gloss over a lot of the deeper meanings of it to try and maybe overlay some more modern uh, stories or um, you know things that they're trying to share. You know, we've talked about it before: the Lost Boys being a ragtag group of boys and girls in this one, right? And Wendy's like, "But you're not all boys," and then she goes, "So what? So what?" And then Wendy looks at the camera and goes. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> which and I was is like, like oh, okay, okay. Which is, on the nose here. <laughs> I know, I see oh what you're God. saying. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's clear what you're trying to get at. Whatever. You do you. But there's meaning to the Lost Boys, right? There what is. What am I tapping on here? Yeah, so I get part of it, and maybe not many people know fully what the original story of Peter Pan is. So Wendy and her brothers are in a nursery. Father comes in and is like, why don't you grow up? Ah!" There's this whole thing where he's yelling at them and scolding them, scolding them. And there's this conversation behind, you know, in the back of everyone's minds of when he's been telling these stories about Peter Pan and a shadow and all these things. And when that happens, Peter Pan shows up. Now, Peter Pan and Neverland in the story, it's it's like 
an allegory. It's it's her to overanalyze it. It's like her subconscious. It's not a real place. The 1953 cartoon, the narrator at the beginning calls Peter the spirit of youth. Right. Right. And so that Interesting. there's this whole like symbolic thing going on in the original story that Peter and Wendy or Peter Pan and Wendy they like try to flesh it out. So they're adding girls to the Lost Boys, but you're completely missing the point. The point is these are symbols. They're two-dimensional for a reason because they're supposed to represent truths about reality in the abstract. They're not actual people. The Lost Boys are not actual boys. They represent boys that are stuck in not growing up and playing and escapism and fun and only fun and not having adulthood. I think that that speaks to, if you haven't read C.S. Lewis's essay, it was titled, Sometimes Fairy Stories Say Best What Is To Be Said. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. title of the <laughs> essay. Totally. Sometimes fairy stories say best what is to be said. It's a little clunky. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's kind of his main point is this, that a fairy tale by nature is two-dimensional, mm -hmm. right? Peter is the spirit of youth. Yep. The lost boys are represent male lostness, yes, and remaining in childhood and not growing up. And exactly. if you do so, you are lost. Captain Hook represents adulthood gone wrong. Mm -hmm. The, the kind okay. of the, they represent so that. they clearly did some things differently. We can acknowledge that. Of course, we have our feelings on that. But I really am curious. Why is that so bad? What is it messing up? What are we losing okay, yeah. with the representation? Like, oh, they're adding in representation, which I think we all agree. That's a that, good thing overall. Oh, my gosh. The diversity thing, which has been part of the conversation or controversy of Peter Pan, to me, that doesn't matter at all. Like, you can do that as much as you want in this story. It's fine. I feel the same. And I was reading an article last night um, of a Cherokee Nation director um, talking about this film. And how she appreciated that they get Native American representation more accurately. This woman who mm -hmm. plays Tiger Lily is, I forget the name of the tribe, but she's speaking her native language and there's all this work to represent it well. And she's like, she's applauding that. Mm -hmm. She's like, that's cool. And so to me, the, the idea of like representing things correctly is fine and, and having diversity, that has literally nothing to do with it. That's not the problem with this movie. What we're saying is diversity, re proper representation, maybe, um, and how maybe they are saying it too, maybe correcting some issues from the first one. That, you know, there's a disclaimer on the first one, right? Um, great, good things. Mm -hmm. What are we losing though? What did we lose? Because we'd be a little naive to say um, that we're just gaining something there, right? So right. it's, it, what they're doing, I think is, uh, could be a noble act. I think we all agree there, but there, I just know in my gut something's being lost in translation here, mm -hmm. and that is what? So a couple of things. First of all, let's talk about girls being in The Lost Boys. In the original story of Peter Pan, Peter Pan explains to Wendy that the reason why it's only The Lost Boys is because girls are too clever, and they, they have a, a proclivity to 
have a motherhood spirit to mature faster. To this is biologically true. They <laughs> they age they faster. Just, they, yeah, they. So it's almost demeaning. It's almost a little demeaning so, to women to have them in the Lost Boys. It kind of a little bit. The point is that in the original story, they're not there, and they're not there for a reason because the story is trying to say something about boyhood, boyhood, and the lostness that comes with remaining a child because it's too long. speaking to the two boys. So Wendy represents something else. So the Lost Boys are representing the lostness of the two boys fighting in their room. Yes. Women, represented by Wendy, there's a mm. symbol of maturity and motherhood. Yes. So it's respecting both. I think that's where it's kind of funny, is it's by having Lost Boys isn't not respecting women. It's actually pointing at a flaw, or maybe a, not a flaw, but a just a truth, a reality truth. about boys and boyhood, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what does so what about Wendy then? Or is there more of this too? I I kind of I, mean, I kind of started spacing Wendy, out at that point in the movie. <laughs> you look look at uh, the 1953 animated musical version. What I find really interesting about the way that the writers tackle that is Tinkerbell represents immaturity within womanhood as yeah. well. Insecurity of her image. Oh, interesting. Yes. Jealousy. Body image. Jealousy. Body image issues. She, jealousy. She tries to kill Wendy. And she actually betrays where the Lost Boys in Peter Pan's hideout is to Captain Hook. Is that part of the original play? I'm not sure. Okay. But in the musical version, that is something at play there. And what they're trying to explore is like, yes, there's immaturity present within boys. That's what it generally looks like. But there's also immaturity within girls. And that's generally what that looks like. And it's different. And it's different. And in this modern version, you have none of that. Tinkerbell is not even a character. K- Tinkerbell could be cut out of the movie. She, yes. And it would not matter. I, okay, there was a scene in it where it's like the only thing she says, she goes up to Wendy and says, thank you for seeing me. Thank, no, thank you for hearing Oh, me. thank you for hearing me. And I just went, what? <laughs> you didn't say anything. You didn't do anything. You just were a vessel for pixie dust. Yeah, that was your whole thing. She helped she's them fly. A, she's literally a salt shaker. <laughs> So is it so bad that they lumped in, I mean, I think I know the answer here, but they lumped in both of the immaturity of both genders into one group of people called the Lost Boys. Wink. I think so, because what ends up happening, and that's not the only flaw that Javen's pointing out. He's Mm -hmm. pointing also to Wendy herself, who's been lumped into that same thing, where at the beginning of the story, she's sword fighting. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the beginning of the 1953 version, she's the one telling the stories. She is a preteen, maybe semi-young adult, who's ready to grow up. She's mm-hmm. willing. Mm-hmm. She's picking up toys and, and Pete, Michael, John, you know, she's becoming a motherly voice. Yes. And that's her character. She's willing to be a grown-up. So her presence in Neverland is contrasted with everybody's immaturity. Tinkerbells, Peters, specifically Peters, the mermaids, which are like a symbol of raw pornographic sexuality, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like Peter just has these muses, these these uh, these mermaids that are like these half naked sexual creatures that he can just flirt with any time. That's pure immaturity. Mm -hmm. And Wendy's like, 
you know, and Tiger Lily, who represents like the helpless um, in the eyes of a young man, the helpless damsel, and I can save her and I'm a hero. And Wendy's just like, you know, the whole thing. She's growing up and -hmm. it's her presence to read and to instruct and to Mm -hmm. be a motherly parental grown up figure that just enchants everyone. So I watch this movie. Who am I tracking with? Who's like my leading figure showing me the way out? It didn't really seem like Nobody. there was Peter Pan and Wendy. There's no they Peter Pan and Wendy. That's what I'm it into oblivion. Because I maybe that's why I just was so incredibly bored. I, yeah. I I don't. Is is, is it because it Agreed. lost the thing that was kind of pulling me through? There's no driving narrative force. I didn't feel like the Riley and I were texting about this last night. The only thing you can just add me has, to that thread anytime. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> he texted me. I don't. <laughs> He texted our group chat. That's right. And then That's texted right. me. I'm also here. <laughs> no, I, I thought maybe you might be asleep. It was like 10 p.m. You thought I might be, and you thought a text would wake me up? <laughs> yeah, I'm not offended I'm at sorry. all. I was probably fast asleep. Our our whole conversation, which was so good and amazing, and cool, you were yeah. left out. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Gosh, what was my point? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, okay, no, we were talking about how the whole movie, the driving narrative force of it is, guys, it's Peter Pan, but not. The 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 great error is this. Uh, there are multiple, but the great one is this. Peter Pan is the main character of Peter Pan. You could call him the protagonist. His name's on the title. But the, but the issue is the original story ideologically does not look kindly on Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Peter Pan's never-ending youth, and like if you watch the 1953 version, he's pissed off at Wendy. He's jealous and possessive of Tinkerbell. He's in constant battle with the Indians. Mm-hmm. He's in constant battle with Ca- Captain Hook. When Wendy starts to like tell stories, what's he doing? He's willing, he's like leaning over here and he's like, oh, you know, because yeah, his, his that, character in Chippendale is actually pretty accurate. Then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's meant to be the like classic immature idiot that yeah. we all are sometimes. And the point is, yes, he's the protagonist, but ideologically, he loses mm-hmm. in the original story. Ideologically, Wendy wins. Yes. Her view of motherhood and growing up and being a, embracing adulthood is what wins the day yes. in Peter Pan. And it's different. It, she wins the day both in Neverland and also with her parents yes. in the original story. Okay, wait. So the original... It's telling a story of growing up, and, mm-hmm. and it's kind of showing you realities of like, this is this, this and this. But follow Wendy's, um, you know, follow what she's doing, and you'll grow into adulthood. This one's maybe tell me if I'm wrong here. It seems like it's more just pointing at things and saying, but it's not revealing to me a way through. It's not helping me kind of understand a reality as much as it is. Um, just point it's pointing at different things they kind of want you to know yeah like here's a good example in the original Wendy is kind of the integrated mature adult who still treasures the spirit of youth she still has childlike wonder yes whereas her father is like oh these bedtime stories put enough of this silliness right that's why his voice is Captain Hook's voice Mm -hmm. this is a tradition amazing in the stage play that began with the stage play and is continued through the cartoon and 
every basically everything except this version. <laughs> it's like they don't understand the tradition. Did, did they just not? No, they don't know what they're doing. No? But my, my point is, Wendy is this grown-up who loves Peter, right? Peter himself is this immature buffoon who can't grow up, right? Mm. But she has integrated him into herself. Um, whereas this Wendy in this version, I think the moment you can point to is this. When she slaps Peter in the face. Yeah, what in the world? What <laughs> the heck? Well, that was fun. Okay, so what happens is, what happens? I was very I confused. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know either. She so, flies to Neverland with Peter Pan, which that was a fine sequence. Yeah, that was really wonderful. Good. And they, they fly and, oh, it's Neverland. And they show up. Pirates are like pirates attack. Pirates attack. Cannonballs. Then pirates attack. They take Michael and John captive. Yeah. Chain them up in Skull Rock. Okay. And then what happens? That Peter Pan saves them, and then she. Wendy and the Lost Boys go in to save them. Peter Pan saves the day. Saves the day. (laughs) Saves the day. Uh And then they're rescued, and they're all walking uh, across the you know the 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 cliffs or whatever. And he's like, "I saved the day," or whatever. And she turns around and punches him in the face. And then it like crossfades to the next scene. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And I I woke Brittany up. I said, Brittany, you have to watch this. I rewound it. And then uh, she watched it. I showed her that 30-second scene. And she's like, Disney sucks. (laughs) And she went back to sleep. Okay, for real. What were, what, why? I can't remember. I but thematically, he only that's... put his life on the line and saved her brothers. I, I don't understand. What an idiot! Just imagining Rosie slapping him. Samwise and how dare you destroy the ring? Like it's like that. You're just like, how dare you be a hero? I I I was flabbergasted. Maybe that's it. I don't to be overly cynical, but like the man or the boy is being the hero when the girl should be the hero. I can't think of. It makes you think things like that because you're trying to... And I think what you pointed to about her going, I guess it doesn't really matter. It's these lines and these actions of these characters that they don't follow any motivation of a character. It feels like a writer going, stick it to them. I want to go into it being like, I want to know what they're trying to tell me. And then they just tell me it. Like she, I, I'd have to relook. It literally felt like she goes... I guess it doesn't really matter. And I was like, okay, can you be just a little more, I don't know, woo me? <laughs> you know, court me. <laughs> court Please, me. don't Romance buy me, me. flowers. <laughs> yeah. This is awful. It's and just on the first date already? Like, after first. all of those, you're kind of like, is that really what you're trying to tell me? Is this really what this movie's about? So, you know, maybe Britney's right. Maybe she's like really right about this. I'm My wife is the best discerner of hidden messages. Um, she's like, within two seconds, this sucks. I'm out. She's got the best vibe on things like that. And so mm. she didn't have to watch the movie. She's like, I could tell this is... I'm like, well, the filmmaking's cool. It is like cool. The cinematography's cool, other yeah. than the color grade. It's like pretty wonder, wondrous. Yeah, the music was pretty... Wondrous. It wasn't very catchy. Very generic fantasy. Beep, boop, boop. Sure, but it, it worked. And then the musical numbers were atrocious. 
the, the pirates singing. I was like, oh yeah, those were those were bad. The lullaby that came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's anyway, you know, anyways, there was some merit to it, and I was willing to give it a shot. Sure. Okay, to give it its due. So original story is aiming on like growing up, childlike wonder. Yes, you can be an adult and still enjoy life and have fun and have magic in the world. The ending of the story, the conclusion is Wendy, Wendy gives that in some capacity to her parents. Yeah, the, her dad, the dad looks up ship. and goes, oh, I remember this when I was a kid. Yeah, remember? exactly. So what is this movie, the Peter Pan and Wendy, the modern version, just to give it its due? Was it, what is it trying to say? We're like that, that <laughs> Pulp Fiction meme. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's no, like, girls are just as good as guys. But he, I, and, and, that, and here's the thing. That's a worthy <laughs> point to make. Okay, that's no, what I was going to say. Not in this movie. <laughs> the things that they're saying, I agree with. Uh, racial diversity I, and representation. Everybody agrees with. It's, obviously, yeah. uh, it, the uh, proper representation between men and women um, all of this. Yes, 100%. These are biblical values. These are things that happen in the kingdom of God. This is not what Peter Pan is about. No. So, yeah, why take the, why take the um, Peter Pan and put on this other overlaid well, message? Let's, let's kind of... Ju- I know this is me being a pastor, but there's this biblical hermeneutic, mm-hmm. yeah, principle of interpretation, called exegetical constancy. And I... strongly disagree with this. And it's this, that uh, through the different passages of scripture, the same symbols always mean the same thing. Oh yeah, you've talked about this. I've I've talked to you guys about this. Like, so um, in one parable, the birds, the crows or whatever, pick at the seeds of the word of God, right? They eat it away. They steal it away like the enemy, right? In another parable, the crows nest in the mustard tree, right? And so exegetical constancy says, bird's bad here, bird's bad here. Mm-hmm. That's wrong, frankly. The better view is this story means this, this story means this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's my point, is that these they're importing story beats, themes, and messages that are fine but they're importing it from one story and putting it into a foreign story. It, and it feels like the body is just wants to reject that surgical procedure and go, no, mm-hmm. that's not what Peter Pan is. Peter Pan speaks to boyhood. It speaks to womanhood. It speaks to imagination, youth, growing up. It speaks, and it has very, spe- I mean, this is a very preachy fairy tale, I mm-hmm. think. And the images of it are actually quite readily available mm-hmm. for most people, mm-hmm. right? This, that's why I think it's lived for a hundred years. Yeah. But if you import other messages and go, like, for example, when she flies at the end after walking the plank and says, this magic belongs to no boy, I, that's not, what does that mean? Why would this character in this place say that thing? There's no motivation to say that other than one of the writers pulled one of his messages or her messages from another story and put it in over here. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, that's wrong. That's not how you tell stories. You, you let each story say its own thing. 
the outcome of this kind of way of storytelling to make sense with it's called exegetical constancy. 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 I could see this being both in the biblical stories and in other stories where uh, you say birds bad and this one over here when that's clearly not the message that can either make you go well I don't get it I don't, then I don't understand or you get like really radicalized right and now you're all about this whole idea that I've come up with about birds being bad over here and in the same with Peter Pan it does kind of seem like I'm on the side where I'm like that was just a boring movie I just mm-hmm. am like kind of right Meh. but then there is this other side that you could see it kind of it kind of uh, lights a fire under radicalization. It's, yeah. it's making, it's kind of inciting you well, we to say, want to push for something. Well, I think you say, um, what's one of the cliches that we say, like um, bad things hidden under every rock, or you see bad things in every corner, or I don't know. There's We have phrases for that, right? Like you just tend to see the negative in everything or whatever, right? That's what I think it fosters. It fosters, oh, you see these themes in every single thing you watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, you see this kind of, you know, misogyny or or patriarchy in it's, everything. It's almost like it's saying, this was the same as the other one. We're just pointing it out. Right. And you're like, eh, no. And you're like, no, that's not, not right. Not true. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow, interesting. And, and let me just speak to some of the more controversial things. I'll absorb the controversy here. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh the Peter Pan, since it was created, has been um, criticized for its portrayal of certain people groups, specifically Native Americans. Um, now, J.M. Barry was British, 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 and so he had very much a different relationship to Native American cultures than Americans. But the but the thing is, what he's speaking to is something I did as a kid, which is play cowboys and Indians. Mm-hmm. When you play Cowboys and Indians, what are you doing? You're tapping into a kind of mythological American story. Like as we progressed westward, we fought the Indians, blah, blah, blah. It's this like, I don't know, historical thing. It's largely false, but sometimes true. It's a, I don't know. It's an American myth, right? Mm-hmm. We fought the Indians and we won or whatever. You know, Remember the Alamo? I don't know. But it's a game that kids play, Cowboys and Indians, right? Yeah. Here's another game they play. Who's going to be a pirate? We got to fight the pirates. That's another game. Uh, Other things, mermaids. What are mermaids? They're like, at times, they're depicted as images of sexual, you know. Sure, they're the sirens. They're tempting. Yeah, the sirens, exactly. Pirates of the Caribbean, it's the same Same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So anyways, my point is, Peter Pan is in an eternal war with the Indians. What does that mean? He's playing cowboys and Indians. He's playing cowboys and Indians forever. Yeah. So while the original one may it may have some truly offensive depictions. Yes. The point and and I think that we can as modern people with a little bit more sensibilities correct that. It's still saying the same thing that this is a foolish endeavor that exactly. boys do. Exactly. Young boys are in this eternal battle with cowboys and Indians and they shouldn't be. That's right. the point. Right. And young boys are constantly fighting Captain Hook. They're, what are they doing? They're fighting adulthood. They're fighting the tyranny of adulthood gone wrong. They're, they're in this constant battle, and it's never-ending. Mm-hmm. Young boys are constantly looking with lust at these images of sexuality, and they're just like, oh, yeah, that's what I'd rather have than grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, it's like, yes, correct the depictions, but don't lose the point. You're kind of correcting what's really true is that... Uh, things are wrong. 
Mm-hmm. They're trying to almost write the wrong thing. It's telling a story of uh, hor- horrible things that people do. I mean, even the historical uh, aspect of Americans and Indians, right? It's tragedy. Yeah. And you're like, that, but that happened. Mm-hmm. So what, are you just not going to tell that story? You know, mm-hmm. you're trying to like save the wrong thing. It's actually, we're actually pointing at that and saying it's bad. Yeah. To add to like a, a Peter Pan adaptation that's so loud within this conversation is Hook. Hook is a live action Peter Pan adaptation with a twist on the story. Deconstructs the themes. Deconstructs the themes, is still faithful to the themes. The main point is still the main point and removes the stereotypes. The boys still play cowboys and Indians, but it's not operating off of offensive stereotypes that are degrading to Native Americans. I didn't watch it. Hook? Dude, that movie slaps. <laughs> Whoa. You've never seen Hook? No. <laughs> He's got such joy ahead. Do I? You live with such hope. <laughs> wow. Your future is so bright. Wow. Dude, it's got Robin this Williams movie, and Zuko this in the same movie as, directed by Steven Spielberg. Dude, this movie. What have I been doing? To quote Jamin, this movie slaps. <laughs> it really is. It's the movie that this movie could not be. Yeah. It really is. Which, wow. uh, the, it baffles me that Peter Pan and Wendy was even made when Hook exists. I know. But so, so the way it deconstructs the themes is that the theme is that Peter eventually came back to, from Neverland, along with the all the lost boys, to the real world, and he grew up and he became pirate-ish, right? So he has to make a trek back to Neverland to rediscover the spirit of youth. Of Peter mm-hmm. Pan, mm-hmm. so somehow oh, they really somehow good. they convey that without saying, "Oh, he's going back to eternal boyhood." That's not it. He's just recovering the spirit of Peter Pan yeah. while still being a grown up, which yes. is kind of like what grown ups do watching the movie. Exactly. exactly. That's why Peter Pan in its themes is so rich. Yes, Peter Pan is eternal boyhood, and yes, ideologically that's incorrect. But at the same time, we also yeah. want that. Yeah. Which yeah. Wendy maintains, even in Hook. In Hook, she's like 95 years old. Oh, wow. Maggie, Maggie Smith, who's <laughs> still 95 years old. <laughs> Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter, she's just the same age forever. <laughs> but she's, she plays Wendy as an old woman who still maintains the spirit of youth. Yes. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. Oh, okay. And adults that are like that. Do I still need to watch it? Are, yes. Yeah, it's great. Okay, it's amazing. Great. Oh, yeah. I was thinking uh, I brought... Corinne and I went to our, our in-laws the other day. So Corinne's folks, my wife. And um, my father-in-law, Doug, was like playing with my little kid, Rowan. And he was he picked him up and was like teaching him how to run around the house. And he was being a kid. He had the childlike spirit. And it was so fun. I, that to me, it's such a beautiful thing when adults can just be like, let's be kids. I don't know. Like, yeah, let's not only. only talk about serious things and be boring and it has sit its, down. It has its time and place. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but there's totally. a time and place to like pick up your grandson and play in the garden with him, you know, or or just laugh at him crawling. Or- so what? What did you think then of this film trying to take some of those themes? I don't know, and maybe I don't know what they're trying to do. Deepen them. So Hook used to be a lost boy. Right. But he, what, went back to the real world, grew up, came back, 
Right, Couldn't, because of his trauma, ha- he... And, but Peter Pan cut off his hand. I couldn't fathom it. Yeah, I had I feel zero. Better. I didn't understand that. So. I was like, Strange. I hate Peter. I hate Hook. I don't like Wendy because I don't really understand where she's going. I don't like anybody. <laughs> I hate everybody in this movie. It's really true. It's so the, unfortunate. The but person it's true. I I liked or disliked the least. So I didn't like him, but I didn't. I hated him the least. Was Hook. Right. And I still did not super like him. And I think, I think it was partially just the actor playing him. I have more of a relationship. Other than Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan so is just in there as Jim Gaffigan, Smee. I think, did good as Mr. Smee. No. You know? No, I don't think what? so. Compared to the 1953 good. version, oh, no. He didn't even yeah. kind of do the voice. Yeah. Try oh, it. we should <laughs> all hands on deck. All yeah. hands on deck. <laughs> Because I, I saw Jim Gaffigan, you warned me, you were like, Jim Gaffigan's in it, he's me. And so I was waiting for him to do a voice, and he's like, eh, hot pocket. You know, he just That's did true. his normal thing. That's true. He didn't. No one talked Brick. loud or yeah. huh, none of this. Even Peter's like, it's good to well, be Well, yeah, me. Peter <laughs> Peter was reading a teleprompter behind <laughs> the camera yeah, every for line. <laughs> for real. He's like, I love being me. <laughs> oh, oh. I was like, oh, kid. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. No, so okay, so Captain Hook has this deeper motivation. Here's where I got truly confused. He kills Peter in a violent way. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> right, right across the chest. Yikes! I uh, I don't know how Peter came back to life. No, because the Native American woman <laughs> went there and rubbed moss on his chest. I, yeah, I don't I don't understand every what that. Time. Was. I don't. <laughs> Would you I don't know what that moss? meant. You know, in an interview, the girl who plays Tiger Lily, I remember she's Cree, Cree Native American. That's the tribe. Mm. So she's like, oh, yeah, the original Peter Pan's like my favorite movie. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like, That's awesome. I was like, oh, man, this is so ironic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, her character, I think, was lost on it. She, she turned into like a girl boss, which is cool. Like, she reminds me of the character in The Predator, the new Predator and Prey movie that was phenomenal i thought i've seen it i hear it's, it's really good predator versus seeing this one native american girl with an axe yeah tremendous but it reminded me of that and to me it was like okay cool but i don't know who tiger lily is for this story anymore mm-hmm. but um so peter comes back to life um the part that really truly made me face palm was the climax the finale of the movie so when Peter's holding on to Hook and right. apologizing and, he, yeah. and saying sorry, and he's like crying for what he did to him in the past, the problem fundamentally is the emotional depth of your film happened in, a, in the past, off screen. I never saw it. I don't know what happened between them. Right. I have a vague idea, but it was only described in exposition. You're trying to cash in on an, an emotional bank that happened off screen, right. and it doesn't work. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, Peter apologizes. I'm like, oh. If Captain Hook, recon- they reconciled, I'd go, oh, that's a different take. Interesting. Thematically cohesive. Right. But he still fell off? Yeah. So Peter's holding Hook, and he's like, you can fly. Just have happy memories, and then we'll be reunited and reconciled. And Hook goes, I don't have happy memories. And then his hook falls off, and Which he falls in the ocean. Which made me go, poor guy. Yeah. He has no happy memories. It's probably Peter's fault. 
I'm imagining <laughs> it removed my favorite scene from the cartoon, which is when at the very end when he's standing oh. in the crocodile's yeah. jaws and he yeah. goes, yeah. Eh, and, he, <laughs> and he, he bites really fast and he goes, that is so funny. And Smee's rowing the boat oh and he goes gosh. under the boat as it rows. It's <laughs> so funny. Okay, so Peter Pan's written by J.M. Barry, right? Mm -hmm. Brilliant storyteller, obviously. Peter Pan in the public consciousness for a century. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Yep. Okay. Well, the 1953 film is overseen by Walt, mm -hmm. who is another J.M. Barry. Like, he's a once-in-a-generation guy, right? Mm -hmm. Storyteller, brilliant people. We have people like that still. They're around, but they didn't make this movie. Mm -hmm. This is the problem. I think the fundamental problem is that the storytellers are not trying. They don't know what a story is meant to do. It reminds me of like, let's say like the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6. Jesus has these points he's making, right? Yeah. Now let's take Matthew 6 and just plug it right into Matthew 13. Right. But Matthew 13, Jesus is telling stories, parables, one after another, right? You cannot take the Sermon on the Mount and put it in Matthew 13. It doesn't work. A story is not a sermon. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the problems is that Walt Disney, J.M. Barry knew this. They, they're storytellers. This one is told by preachers or something where they have some message from some other source and they're just plopping it in in the middle of this scene. And it just, it feels preachy. It's really devaluing story. Take a cue from Jesus, people. What a good storyteller. <laughs> mm. And what he accomplished through those stories. Sheesh. This has been How to Watch a Movie as a Christian. Well, I'm Javen. No. No. no I'll no. see you at church. There it is. There we go. Cool.